thank you for this good building that we have to meet in. We thank you, Lord God, for this church and for the people that you've brought together. We thank you, Lord God, that you're blessing the people. Oh, and all that you've done for us in the past and all that you've blessed us with. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank you, God, for our nation. We thank you, Lord that you are, you are still moving and planning. and Lord, you still have great plans for us. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're bringing all things together. We give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you, Lord, that we have homes to live in. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that we're blessed. We're so blessed. Lord, we're so blessed. And may, Lord, we be so conscious of it this week and be so grateful. Lord, make us into grateful people. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for breakthroughs for people and all over this congregation that we're breaking through into what you have called us to and what, you've, what you have prepared for us, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, but we've been redeemed from the curse. Thank you, Lord. We've been redeemed from the curse of poverty, the curse of sickness, and the curse of uh, spiritual death. Thank you, Lord, for poverty. You have given us wealth. For sickness, you have given us health and wholeness. We are whole. Thank you, Lord. Praise God that everything, everything in the kingdom is working to the place of making us 100% whole. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We receive it. We receive it. And thank you for spiritual death. You have given us eternal life, eternal Zoe. Thank you, Jesus. It's working in us now. It's working in this place now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I've just been reminded this week. This is too hot. I've just been reminded this week that um, to be thankful, to be grateful. And that what, how uh, powerful just being thankful and grateful is, even just for the simple things like, you know, the blue sky and the <laughs> so forth. Uh, we're studying wisdom for women, and this is number four. And wis our wisdom nugget the first week was call on grace. This is still too hot. Number two is don't oppose the grace. Don't oppose the grace. And number three wisdom nugget was last week, which was slow down. And our wisdom nugget for this morning, number four, is seek and receive help. Seek and receive help. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Still too hot. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, I want to read something to you. I think you'll get a kick out of, plus um, makes a great point, and it's called the bricklayer. Um, and, it's, and it's a letter, actually. Dear Sir, I am writing in response to your request for additional information for my insurance claim. In block number three of the accident claim form, I wrote trying to do the job alone as the cause of my accident. You said in your letter that I should explain that statement more fully. I trust the following details will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade. On the date of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building 
When I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carrying the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor level. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You will note in block number 22 of the claim form that my weight is 150 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded up the side of the building at a very rapid rate of speed. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains my fractured skull and collarbone. Slow, slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. By this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel then weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you again to the information in block number 11 regarding my weight. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the, <laughs> I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the lacerations of my legs and lower body. The second encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of bricks and fortunately only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel weighed more than the rope, so it came down upon me and both, broke both of my legs. I hope I have furnished information sufficient to explain why trying to do the job alone was the stated cause of the accident. Sincerely, a bricklayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. That sounds like some sort of cartoon, doesn't it? <laughs> Where, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. But anyway, gets the point across that we're not to try to do the job alone. We're to seek and receive help. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. That gives us something to be grateful for, doesn't it? Right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. He was even grateful. Did you hear him? Uh, uh, he said, but uh, thank goodness I only had three broke vertebrae. <laughs> so even he was finding something to be thankful for. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God. Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. How many times do we forget to do this? To come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need. There is supernatural help available to us. And uh, this supernatural help gives us an ease and an ability to function. There is, there's grace for the little things, for the menial things, for things that sometimes we forget to ask for that grace and that help for. Uh, a lot of times what we end up doing is get caught up in 
either complaining or maybe um, self-pity or becoming sort of like Martha where she was Martha you know Mary was not helping her if you remember the story and so Martha was like not uh, happy with the situation and instead of uh, coming boldly to the throne of grace and saying now Lord I need help to do this you know Mary is over there receiving from Jesus and sometimes even in church we need to recognize that sometimes people uh, need to do something else besides help and uh, they need to sit and receive for a while one thing we try to do in church is when people first come in is not put them to work uh, let them sit at least a month or two before we you know and sometimes longer than that and let them soak let them just sit and receive hallelujah because sometimes it's been a long time since they've been in church or maybe they've been through some tough times a crisis or whatever and they need to just sit and soak they need to just sit and receive a while and then, and then the word mends them and heals them and then they can get up and go serve and so we try to be careful of that and we try to we try to wait on those things uh, and not put them to work i know that there's churches that teach differently than that uh, if you go to church growth seminars they say you know get them involved the first week and you know i'm sure that's good for some people but i've seen a lot of people that need to just come in and just rest and soak and so um praise god there's supernatural help and ability to function and there's this grace that we can call on at any time i think a lot of times also that we feel a little bit like it wouldn't be that we need to call on god for the big things but that just to ask him to help us get the chores done that day help us get this meal cooked help us get this uh, help us get these groceries bought i've got a long list of things today that i need to do uh you know and i think that god is more than he's he's more than able and he's more than glad to just give us that that grace that ease that ability to function that grace for the little things for the laundry for the cleaning and you know a lot of people that are just not getting it done you'd say the really what they need to do is just call on the grace of god and the grace of god comes in many ways it comes in that supernatural strength it comes in uh, efficiency one of the things i used to always pray is for efficiency because you know efficiency means that we don't do the job twice we get it you know if you're efficient the first time you do it you get it done right you don't have to rebake the cake because it fell or fell apart you know you don't have to um, you don't have to redo things and so god helps us by giving us efficiency uh, uh he he helps us by and sometimes he helps us by sending a person alongside beside us you know somebody shows up to help us praise god when that happens and then sometimes he just sometimes I, I honestly i cannot put my finger on how he helped me i just know i got got it done and it wasn't as stressful as I, I had anticipated it would be it wasn't as hard as i thought it would be i had more strength left over than i thought i would and i just don't know how he did it see it's just sometimes it's just something he does uh, so for cleaning for laundry for grocery shopping for chauffeuring kids uh we we have this grace we have this grace that we can call on and you know one of the things and we talked about this before a little bit is uh not trying uh to uh not 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 complaining not nagging not nagging others but first go to god for help and follow his instructions and you know that's another way he helps us is sometimes he gives us an instructions of how to do it sometimes one of the things that god does 
to help us to 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 to, to give this help that we need is he um, he uh, he tells us what order to do it in. He'll say, "Do this first. You'll just have an unction to do something maybe in a different order than you ever have." Um, uh, then sometimes he gives us an idea of how to do something different than we've ever done. Have you ever read like in the paper or something these shortcuts that people come up with? There used to be a whole column called Hints from Heloise. And uh, how many of you remember Hints? Y'all are old enough to remember Hints from Heloise. Well, in these hints, these hints, well, um, it would be easy ways to do things. Easy ways to, to get something done. And uh, so, but, but, and by the unction of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be constantly finding easier ways to get things done. And uh, you know, this is something we're going to, we need all, we always need. Uh, <coughs> praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <coughs> praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Another thing that as we come before the Lord and pray, and we go to Him for help, and we come before that throne room of grace, and we come boldly asking that he that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Another thing we're going to find is that sometimes God will just say, "Don't do it. Just don't do that." Sometimes we have complicated our lives. You know, just don't don't make that cake. Don't you know? Uh, you've got enough already. There's things like that that He will tell us that will just simplify our lives. And uh, so we have to be able to receive those things <clears throat> and act on them. And we'll have more help. He'll multiply our time. We'll get more praying done. We'll have more time available for Him. And that's one of His motives for helping us with the things that we have to do every day is then that frees us up to spend time with Him and to, to uh, uh, fellowship with Him, to pray, and to do the works of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So... Uh, <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out is that if we complain, then we're going to, the grace is not, does not flow as well. If we're griping and complaining, you know, and we've all done our share of this, huffing and puffing in the kitchen. Y'all ever huffed and puffed in the kitchen, let out long sides of air. <laughs> Hallelujah. We all know about all this. Amen. Uh, number two is also don't try to force that force force your husband to help by nagging and condemning. This is wisdom for women. Don't try to force someone to help you by nagging and condemning. See, when you go boldly to the throne room of grace and you ask God for help, then you just have to trust that He's going to move on people. He may move on your husband to help, but um, if He doesn't move on your husband to help, you, you know, don't worry about it. Trust the Lord for your help. And I believe that's a very important point. You know, in Proverbs it says it's better to live in a shack somewhere to than to live in a mansion with a nagging woman. And, you know, and so we have to, that's one of the works of the flesh, nagging is, that we as women have to put away and, and you know, put the works of the flesh away and say, okay, I, I'm not going to do this. And besides, I don't know if any of you have ever noticed, but a lot of times it doesn't do any good. And even when it does do good, it puts an atmosphere in our house, you know, that, that's not conducive to the Holy Ghost. Um, 
I like to also say this, and this, this is kind of not the group to say it to, really, but I'll say it anyway just in case. Because Pastor Izzy actually sending this CD out to, to people uh, uh, at times. So I want to tell you to look at your free labor force. Look at your free labor force. And I always, children are a free labor force. And in the Old Testament, one of the reasons that they had large, large families is because they had them to, to work the fields and to work the, uh, to take care of the cattle and so forth. And I certainly do believe that children are to have playtime and they are to have fun. I'm not implicating that we abuse children by working them all day, every day. But I do think that it's wise. It's wise as a parent to help, to, to, for, it gives you help, but it also is wise to train them to train them for what's ahead so that when they leave home, they, they don't just know how to put their clothes on and zip their pants and button their shirt. And sometimes it seems like that's just about all some kids know. And, uh, and they certainly couldn't even iron the shirt themselves. And they certainly wouldn't know how to wash the shirt themselves. But we have to, it is our obligation as parents to train them in those areas. And as we train them, it takes, it takes part of the load off of us. And so, Oh, it's also part of being a family. It's like we, we, we do things together. It, we, I think in America today, we do too many things separately. We don't eat together. We don't, uh, and we need to eat together. We need to play together. We need to play. We need to play. Even as our kids are bigger, we need to play together. Even when we have grown kids, you know, I'll tell you, it's going to be up to you, Mom, to make sure that they come home over and over and keep coming home. And one of the ways you make you, you make old kids come, older kids come home, you get them to come home. You can't make them, but the way you get them to is make it so much fun and such a blessing that they can't, that they they just wouldn't miss it. And that that is that does take planning and it does take work. I mean, if you minimize everything, uh, if you minimize everything, then uh, Pam, please go turn this down. <laughs> if you minimize everything. Uh, then, uh, <coughs> and, and like, well, we just don't make a big to do about Christmas around. Or, you know, birthdays are just no big deal to us. I'm telling you, I'm telling you from experience, the bigger deal you make it, the more they're going to love home. Especially, and so I tried to do that when my kids were little. I was planning ahead. I don't know how I knew, knew too. I guess it was that grace of God we we're talking about. But I knew when they were little that I had to plan and have traditions and have things that, because if I wanted them to keep coming home, to keep wanting to be at my house at Christmas, to keep wanting to be at my house for, uh, for birthdays and holidays, then I had to make it fun. And so I still do that. I still plan, extra, you know, I try to come up with extra things. I try to come up with something new every holiday. I kind of try to come up with a, uh, you know, try to keep it, keep, try to keep it fun. I know Granny Hixie, my grandmother, she kept us coming to her house. Hallelujah. So, uh, <clears throat> praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's just a suggestion that you uh, that you take the children, make it fun, and that you use the children and, 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 and getting that help that you need. And that's part of the inspiration and the understanding that God is going to give you as you go to Him and ask Him, to the throne room of grace, throne room of grace for help in time of need. You can go, and you should go, and you should ask him for finances. 
Uh, but not only that, you should ask him how to manage the finances, how the wisdom of finances. You can ask him to teach you how to balance the bank statement. You know, there is nothing that you cannot go to the throne room of grace for. There's nothing. There's nothing that you need help with. Uh, I there's a you know how many times I've prayed this prayer. I say, Lord, I ask you to help me figure out how to get this done. I don't. I mean, I'm at a place now, and I've had to believe God for my body in some areas. That sometimes it's like I don't know how I'm gonna get that star on that Christmas tree because I'm not gonna be able to climb that ladder. And so I, you know, I say, Lord, I'm asking you to help me figure out how to get this done or whatever whatever it might be that I need uh, help with. And you know, he came, he, he has given me a witty idea, or or sometimes he says, well, ask this person if they'll come. Or ask that, or he tells me who to ask. He knows he knows who wants to serve. He knows who wants to, to give of themselves. And number four under this is, I, would, I really strongly suggest, I believe this is scriptural, uh, if you're married, you need to be a team you need to be a team with him. And that means, you know, sometimes wives are just like, he doesn't help me, and he doesn't do this, and he doesn't pick up his clothes, and he doesn't do that. But I think the main thing we need to concentrate on with the husband is how can I help him? How can I help him? And I think that when we change our attitude and we start helping him, that, that God will be responsible to change his attitude. And he will begin to help us. And you know, some husbands are just naturally willing. They just seem like they, part of it comes back to how mama trained them. If mama waited on them hand and foot, and, and uh, uh, I, I know we had a man in our church in Seminole, and I promised, and his mama was in our church at one time, and he was a grown man. I mean, he was had two kids, a wife, and when what they would leave on, she called him boy. So, and, and I always would think, if Irma would quit calling him boy and let Brian be a man, you know, and, uh, <coughs> but she, she called him boy. And they said, her, his wife told me that when he was 12 years old, she would still feed him with a spoon. And I mean, he was not handicapped. <laughs> he was just, but he was, um, he was, uh, he had two adopted sisters. They could, they did not have children at first, and so they adopted two girls, and then they had this boy. Oh my Lord! I mean, you have never. And he's a really nice man. I'm not. I mean, he he was spoiled, but he wasn't. He's not. He's a nice man, and he still lives there. And you know, Mama died finally. And, you know, Christ God, he got to grow up. Uh, but anyway, she called him boy, and she babied him. And if if Mama does that. His wife is going to hate you if you do that, Mama. <laughs> you won't, You need to think about... See, sometimes we don't think about the future. And we need to sow to the future. And boy, my husband's mother, she was a, a drill sergeant. And that is... I mean, they had cleaned bathroom before they left for school in the morning, got on the school bus. Like she, and I'm not advocating. To me, that's kind of like one ditch over here. But... Praise God, you get a husband that knows how to work. Hallelujah, you'll be you'll be much happier, I can tell you. So, but either one, if we got one that's 
was spoiled and he, boy, he won't do nothing. He won't help around the house. He won't wash a dish. You know, my dad, I don't really, I've never asked, I never asked if Granny Hicks had spoiled him, but my dad came up with the generations that the uh, woman's work. That's woman's work. And uh, so when we would eat supper with them, when we lived in Seminole, my, Michael, we would get up to the table and Michael would start picking up dishes and carrying them to the kitchen and stuff. My dad go in and sit down front of you and say, Michael, come in here. That's woman's work. So it don't matter which kind you got. You know, your attitude is what's going to make the difference. And you know, you, sometimes you just got to accept things. And you just got to say, God, I just come boldly to the throne room of grace. And you know this man that I've got. And I'm just asking you to take care of it. I'm just asking you. And I'm going to have a good attitude. If I have to do all of this myself, I'm still going to have a good attitude. I'm just going to, I'm going to walk in love. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to gripe. I'm just going to, just going to do it. Just going to do it. And you're going to help me. And you're going to send supernatural help, angelic help, or just a, a, a man to help me, a, a, a human being to help me. But some way or another, Lord, you're going to help me. And so, but if you can, if can, if you have a husband that, that's willing to be a team with you, then the highest thing is for you and your husband to be a team. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, as far as God helping us, you know, we have to get rid of our better homes and gardens image. Sometimes we've been, we've watched too much HGTV and looked at too many magazines. And so we are disgusted with our home. We're disgusted with things because it doesn't meet the better homes and gardens image. And, you know, this will be something that will hinder us as far as God helping us. Uh, another thing that we get is a father knows best attitude. And that, if you grew up in my generation, we watched father knows best. I personally, even though that was my generation, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but father knows best came home every day. And when he got home, he left his tile and he just put on a corduroy sport coat. He took off his fancy sport coat, put on a corduroy sport coat, and all evening he sat in his corduroy sport coat. And, you know, and uh, it, it was just such a, a an interesting time. But I didn't know anybody that lived like that, even though I lived in that generation. And maybe it's because I grew up with blue collar workers instead of with uh, white collar workers. And he was, of course, an insurance man and so forth. But my point is, is that if we have a, an unrealistic image of what our husband is supposed to do, and I think sometimes wives have a very unrealistic image, and they have gotten a movie mentality or a TV show mentality, and so we're going to be, we're going, you live in this perpetual state of unfulfilled expectations and unfulfilled uh, dreams, and you're going to end up being mad all the time, and being mad won't change won't get that grace that we're coming boldly to the throne of grace. I'm still talking about that. It won't get that grace to flow if we've got anger and mad and strife in our house. It won't get us anywhere except it will fill our home with strife and uh, where, where there's strife there's every evil work. Uh, <clears throat> as a husband and wife there are no rules or laws in the word of God saying who does what. And I think, you know, my dad's generation thinks that that's probably in the Bible, that we, women wash dishes and women clean up the kitchen. And, but it's not. There's no rule saying who does what. 
So one of the things we as husbands and wives need to do is, uh, and this will help us take demands off of our husband, and, uh, and hopefully as pastors teaching them, they may take some demands off of us too. But I'm, he's not that he's teaching the same lesson. But anyway, but we need to learn as a family to function where the grace is. We need to learn to discern and function wherever there's grace. He, God gives out grace gifts, and it's better to flow with what He has given us than to try to swim upstream without grace. And I think in our generation that we're in now, the generations that we're in now, that people do that more. You know, now it's not unusual for a man to cook, for him to do all most of the cooking now, because he's really graced to do it. He is a fabulous cook. He loves to cook. So, so you know, actually that's a grace gift. And I believe God intended and has always intended for us to flow with the grace gifts. And so we can flow with that. And so some people are just better, you know, maybe your husband can iron a shirt better than you can. You know, now it's not going to work if he does everything better than you. And you just, this is just an excuse. But, <laughs> but so because you have some grace gifts. Another thing that in the past was traditionally the man's responsibility was like he took care of the money. But, you know, we find in our day and age that there's lots of women that the man, he doesn't even know what to do with a calculator, but the woman, she's kind of got a knack for figures, and she can do it. That's not an excuse for the husband not to be involved in the finances as far as believing and as far as being aware. I don't think any husband can really be the head of a home and not know what is going on in the finances. He has to know. He has to know, but he doesn't necessarily have to be the one to write the check or to, to balance the bank statement. But he should know what is going on. And if you're the wife and you are in charge of the finances, it's your responsibility to keep him informed. This is what we did. This is what we did. And you know what I do with Pastor? I always I ask him. A lot of times I'll come up with, with like six bills to pay. I don't actually do the home ones, but here at the church, I will come up with like six bills to pay because I write the checks here. I do the deposits. But anyway, and I'll come up and I don't ever decide I just call him and say which one do you think I should pay first you know if we're not if, if we can pay all of them I pay all of them but if there's if there's a question that week what we're gonna pay I say okay what should we do I have found that he has such even though he's not actually writing the checks he's not actually balancing the bank statement he has such a wisdom for just having to know what to do first or how to handle that and I think a lot of times that that's the that's the thing is we as women may be gifted to actually write the check and we may good be good with figures. Well, we can balance that bank statement. We can keep it always perfect. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> but we may not have the emotional. We may need somebody to help us carry the emotional weight of, especially when you're in a tight place or you're believing God or things aren't working out. So it's important to have that communication and flow in our graces because men are graced to be the head of the house. They're graced to make decisions. They're graced to have wisdom. And if we're wise women, that's part of where our help will come from is we pray and we ask God for help, but then we go and we ask Him. If He says that He doesn't know or if He's, uh, if he's a husband that has not quite caught on to the kingdom of God and he's just indifferent to it or maybe he hasn't he, you know sometimes uh, men have been hurt or wounded emotionally and they just can't handle it they just can't handle it and 
When that happens, God graces you to handle. He does not grace you to complain and gripe. And this man, he's just not going to do it. And he just won't do anything. And I just can't get him. That's not flowing in the grace of God. At that time, you just have to say, Lord, I gotta, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to take up the slack. You're going to have to be my helper here. Because you know... I don't have any help there. And then you just keep you keep the strife out of your marriage. You keep the love flowing. You keep you are graceful to him. You be graceful to your husband and 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 and, and let him mature and get healed and grow in the areas he needs to grow in. And God will begin to work in him. And God and be be faithful to pray for him. Be faithful to pray Psalm 112 over him, which will really change and, and strengthen. Uh, the husband, and uh, and then uh, <clears throat> and then you do it. The same with kids. If you have a husband that won't discipline children, then don't let your children go to hell in a handbasket because he won't discipline them. You take you you take over. Give place to him. Don't be like I'm. Well, I'm just gonna take over then, and you just you know. And don't be like that. Just say. Honey, do you have anything to say to these kids? If he says no, then you just say, Well, I have something that I think I'm supposed to say. You just you just let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Hallelujah. So we can't let pride get in our way. And we can't let our ego get in our way. You know, if you're not good at something, you need to you need to be forthcoming with that and just say, you know, I don't have the grace on me to do this. Sometimes uh Sometimes a man will just do something when when you have the grace to say, you know, I don't have grace to do this. I want to read to you in closing Hebrews 4.16 in the Amplified Bible. I hope you caught this today. I hope you caught that we go boldly to the throne room of grace to obtain help in time of need. And that there's grace for the little things. There's grace to be a mom. There's grace to be a, a parent. There's grace, there's grace for every... If you have an elderly parent and you're having to take care of it, sometimes, sometime in the future, most of us in this room will be faced with something like that. Then there's going to be a grace for that time. We don't have to dread or worry. There will be a grace for however that's to happen. Uh, and you know, one thing on that topic, if there, I'm an only child, so I guess I already know who's going to be graced. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's going to be me. But I've noticed... That in, that in a family with multiple children, that one child will have the grace on them. I've just noticed this from observation, to be the main help for that parent. And if they're not careful, that main child will just gripe, 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 because all the other kids don't take care of mom. Don't do, and you know, truly, there probably are some people that are negligent, and they could at least visit and so forth. But if it's grace, you need to receive the grace that's on you for any job that's in you. And, and you know, if you just have the sorriest brothers and sisters in the whole world, and they absolutely won't do anything, and you have to do it all, then there is grace for that. There is grace. God will grace you for that. If you have the sorriest husband in the world, and he's an alcoholic, and he goes into some sort of thing every two weeks, you know what? There is grace for that. There's grace. There's grace to walk with that. And if there's no grace for it, then you need to ask the Lord if He's released you from the marriage. I have a friend, and she believed for her marriage for years.
prayed. She is a diligent prayer. Prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for years and years. And they had a seminar, a marriage seminar at their church. And it's a big word of faith church. Big. Uh, and it's a famous word of faith church. <coughs> and, uh, and they had a marriage seminar. And she went to the marriage seminar. And she said, Debbie, I thought when I got to that marriage seminar, I was going to get the key that day. That God was going to tell me exactly what to do. And it was my marriage was going to be turned around because I went to this marriage seminar. And right in the middle of that marriage seminar, the Lord said, You're a Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We lift up this day, this service. We pray for the atmosphere to be one of faith in this, this room. That even in the teaching of your word, that the, the, the presence of God, the atmosphere of faith has come in in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that there's a help for this service. There's appropriate help, well-timed help. That Lord, we're co-laborers with you. We're not in this on our own. We're not preaching it under our own strength. We're not, uh, we're not receiving offerings under our own uh, strength and anointing. 
We're not teaching children or, or, or ministering in the nursery under our own strength. But God, there is grace and help all over this church. That Father, in Psalm 89, you say you lay help on those that are mighty. So we thank you, Father, for your help. Not only to do this service, but Father, to go higher, to go to new levels, to go high into greater places. Oh, and to, to increase that we might inherit all that the kingdom has afforded us, all that the kingdom has planned for us. And Lord, I believe today for you to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Thank you, Father, for your uh, speaking gift of grace. Lord, that utterance be given unto us by the Holy Ghost. Oh, that we may speak boldly as we ought to speak. And Father, that every person, what they need to hear, they'll hear. What they need to receive, they'll receive. Every question in their heart that they've asked you this week, Lord, will be answered by the Holy Ghost. Oh, we thank you for it, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Father, those that need to receive impartation, they'll receive it. Those that need salvation, if there be any, they'll receive that today. Lord, we believe you for it. Let the Holy Ghost will be upon them, wooing them, drawing them. Oh, we praise you for it, Lord God. Those that need to receive power from on high, Father, that they'll recognize that they're missing something and that they will begin to hunger and draw towards and near to the Holy Ghost, uh, desiring Him in their lives. Oh, we pray for it, Lord God. We pray for it, Lord God. Let your power fall. Let the rain of the Holy Ghost fall on every person here, oh God. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Oh, we give you the glory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Under, oh Lord, open the eyes of our understanding that we may see what we've never seen. Open the ears of our heart that we may hear what we've never heard. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Let the, We ask you that you would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that we may know Jesus like we've never known Him and see facets of His goodness like we've never seen before. Oh, we give you the praise, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for knitting us together in love, in the bonds of love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us one, that there's no division or schism among us, that we be perfectly joined together of one mind and of one heart, believing the same thing, speaking the same thing. And Father, that that, with that unity, Lord, that the, that the, oh, the anointing would flow down, uh, oh, hallelujah, that the blessing would be commanded on the unity. We thank you that your good hand of 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 blessing and your good hand of purpose is on this church that we are fulfilling your purposes in Tuscaloosa County the purposes that you planted this church for we thank you Lord God and Father may in this new year may we go better places and higher places oh may there be more uh, uh, unction anointing that we would increase in revelation and Father may there be more flow and cooperation one with another Father may you do a work in prayer among this church that you would give all of us a spirit of prayer, a spirit of thanksgiving. Oh, we give you the praise. We give you the glory from the least to the greatest. Lord, we loose the gifts of the Spirit in the children. Oh, Father God, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God, give Eric and Anita the boldness and the wisdom to, 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 to begin a flow. Hallelujah. Where these children are so touched by the supernatural, by the power of God that they never wander, that they never stray, that they never look outside the church and the kingdom of God for power, that they're never even tempted by the occult or by any other uh, uh, new age wickedness. We thank you, Lord God, 
We thank you, Lord God. We plead the blood over our children. We plead the blood of children, Jesus, over every adult and every child, over their minds, over their wills, over the emo their emotions. Father, set every person free from every bondage. Every smoker, set them free. Every Lord, every person, I just, every person that doesn't sleep at night, Lord, set them free from that and give them rest. Give them rest. Teach them, Lord, how to rest and, re and to go to sleep by faith. Teach us, Lord, how to operate in faith. Teach us more, Lord God. Show us, Holy Ghost. Be our teacher. Show us any place where, 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 where we need to change. Show us any unbelief that we have in our lives, oh God, that we may change it immediately. Lord, show us the thoughts that we're meditating on. And may they be thoughts of, pain, of, of, of faith and of increase. And, and Oh, hallelujah. And of victory. Oh, Father God, show us in any way where we're meditating on something that's of death or, 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 or sickness or, or a decrease in any way. Oh, we give you the praise. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Work mightily among us, oh God, today. Oh, hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost come upon every minister. Let the spirit of prophecy come upon them and may they be changed into another man. Father, let a let, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory for all that's said and done and accomplished. And Lord, we give you thanks at that time. That Lord, no matter what we see, we know that you are at work. 